You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. Welcome to Stardom Road. Once again, I am your host, Scott Edwards, and this is the Cinderella Tournament Part 2 Celebration. Uh, and, of course, I'm with my co-host, as always, Trent Brewer. That is the most different opening I've ever had, by the way. Yeah, you could not have sound any less excited to welcome me onto the podcast yet again, even though this is one of my podcasts. I'm not just guesting here. This is my home and your very you know, one time we're just gonna have you open the show. One time we're just gonna have you open the show, and I will give you the worst opening ever. I'll mispronounce your name. That's oh. literally, I don't know how you can mispronounce Scott. I'm sorry, Sot. I'll forget this. And scene. you already spoiled it, you already spoiled it, so you can't do it. Ha, all right. Now, there's, there's many ways for me to screw up. You should know this. This is true. This is true. I, I do enough podcasts with you, anyways. <laughs> G, G1 five star. Uh, <laughs> I haven't done that for a while because the tournament yeah, because been for a while. I was gonna say because they haven't been around, but this is, of course, the second part New of Japan our Cup. No, Cinderella <laughs> of our Cinderella tournament coverage here. Uh, as part of the Stardom Road, we're in the midst of the uh, Cinderella tournament in real life. Can you believe what happened? I, it's shocking, it's stunning. My, my pick's still there. Really? I, I'm, I'm blown away. Yeah, yeah. Everyone yeah. I thought was going to win got eliminated in the first round. That's incredible. That's crazy. That's yeah. crazy. Well, anyways, <laughs> uh, today we're going to be going through the 2016 Mayu Iwatani run in the Cinderella tournament, as well as the Mirai 2022 run to look at the differences between tournaments. Do we like them? Do we dislike them? Then at the end of the show, kind of give our whole thoughts on the Cinderella tournament's current form. Will we make changes in the future? Would we prefer this over that? You know, we're this is a little creative episode. We're, if we're we little... had the Rossi Ogawa hat on, what would we do? I don't have a hat, so tough. I was gonna put on a hat, but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna kind of get a little creative with this one. Break away from the you know all the little things we're going to be opinionated that's the one thing we can always guarantee you we're going to do and trust me there's a certain bloody angel that will have my opinions all over this episode but that's besides the get point. yourself let's... a cup of coffee get ready yes let's get to the 2016 tournament and it's over all right everybody now <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> even though it was really short yes. um so of course we rewatch these matches very important. Just Only of the, ju- just the winners. We didn't go through every yeah, single match. Yeah, you weren't you weren't getting out of me um, multiple Queen Maya matches. Let me tell you, folks. You got <laughs> you got one out of me. I fell for it once. I, I'm not. My head hurt worse than Mayu after watching that. Oh, I know. But let's talk about it. Mayu Iwatani, first round. Hiromi Mamora, three minutes and twenty six seconds. Let. Folks, folks, folks. 
This is one of the better sub four minute matches you're gonna find out there. Okay, <laughs> maybe that's the talent of Mayu Itani. Maybe that's the talent of Romy Moore. Maybe it's just both. But it was exciting. It was fast paced. It was pretty much everything you want in a first round matchup. Yeah, this this in many ways felt like a high speed match because half of the match was dedicated to pinfall attempts. You know, they had a bit of a sequence early on where they did the trading back and forth and then Hiromi would go for pins after basically every move she did and stuff like that. So it kind of gives you an idea what to expect. Maya Watani, this is when she was the high-speed champion along with being the goddess of stardom champion, the artist of stardom champion. This is when the freedom were basically the power, you know, the power trip, the mega powers, any any WWE reference you want to make here. Um, and, yeah, you get to sort of see that a bit and, like, this could be, if you're watching along with us doing these sudden moments, this might be your first exposure to Hiromi Mamora. And it, she's just a joy. This isn't peak Hiromi Mamora yet in terms of character work, but you kind of get impressions of this through here. It's a fun little showcase. You put it on Stardom World, you see it goes for seven and a half minutes, and you go, oh, that's short. And then you see this is including entrances, including introductions, and including the pre-match promo, and you go, oh, this is quick. Welcome to the one-night stardom tournament, Cinderella tournament style. It's probably the perfect introduction to the one-night tournament, honestly. Yeah. Because, like you said, the video is seven minutes long, including entrances, including pre-match promos. Um, I think, I don't know if this match had it, but most of the matches had, like, the opener, too, to the videos from back then. Mm, like yes. the, So that only adds... And you get you, very sick of seeing that when you're going through these one night tournaments back to back to back. Yeah, you sure do. But to play up the point. Um, so the one night tournament is an interesting, it's just such an interesting way to look at this because they have to make the matches even shorter somehow mm. of the 10 minute tournament. Um, and maybe that's kind of why we have the version we have now be, <laughs> for a lot of reasons, but I thought this was, you know, again, really solid three-minute match. A good introduction to Hiromi Mamora, like you said, mm-hmm. if you haven't seen her before, and a good solid win for Maya. Like she, the way she won was very confident too. So it's yes. like, okay, I got through that. Let's move on. And I think, I think that's kind of how we should look at this match. Yeah, she got a nice little scare, and then she was like, "Oh, that's right, I won this thing last year." Um, they did a really good job with those. Pins like there was a couple of times, even though you know the results, like oh, they cut that fine. Um, but yeah, this is a nice little fun three minute match to yeah set the set the tone and set the pace for what to expect from these one night tournaments. Next up was a truly, truly, truly horrible match. It was Maya Yutani defeating Queen Maya. Folks. Queen Maya makes Alpha Female look so good. <laughs> this was tough. This was this yeah. Was tough. Look, this is a classic giant versus underdog babyface match, which Mayu makes work. Yeah, usually. look, she does make this isn't it work. her fault. No, she she does her best here. You can tell Queen Maya is limited in the ring. I will so say generous. the, the <laughs> I'm a generous person. The the choke slam threat to the outside oh, yeah, that was a good spot they did that yeah. well um there was just enough kind of uh wildness to it that it kind of felt unpredictable 
um, which could actually be as much Maya as it is Maya because that's how Maya tends to sell these things. Uh, the actual choke slam, less good. <laughs> as bad as my grammar just there. Um, yeah. That was a that was a brain rattler, and you could tell it rattled the brain. Yeah, this is gonna be the most forgettable match maybe we ever talk about on the show. <laughs> <laughs> we don't normally cover matches like this on Stardom Road. It's normally more impactful, uh, important matches, but it was a match that happened in Stardom. This is this is an absolute shot, by the way, at our good friend Ryan. In that Queen Maya's cage match rating is seven and a half. What? And not only that, she's still wrestling. <laughs> she wrestles in Italian championship wrestling. ICW. One of the many. Yes. <laughs> All right, let's move on. <laughs> we are that's enough time on Queen Maya. Folks. Folks, we are less than 10 minutes into this episode. We are making record time. We'll make sure you won by roll up if you can. Yes. Yes, she did. She didn't uh she didn't get she didn't get eliminated. She didn't eliminate her over the top rope. They mm. they had they had her win three different ways. So I think threw out this turn, which was good. So to bring it all together, this resulted in Mayu going straight to the finals because Kairi Hojo and Satana Garrett had a 10-minute time limit, as well as Io Shirai Kiko Kimura, giving us what I think is one of, if not the best, Cinderella finals you'll see. I'm legitimately going to say that. It is one of the very best. It's great. It is Mayu Yutani versus Hiroyo Matsumoto, 13 minutes and 19 seconds. If you like Hiroyo Matsumoto, you're gonna really appreciate this match because she mm. is so good in this match. Yeah, obviously, like you like Mayu, you're gonna like Mayu. <laughs> Come on, but this is kind of you know, I kind of want to talk about this match a little bit because the appreciation for Hiroyo Matsumoto, I don't think will ever fully be there mm-hmm. by Joshi fans. And this was another chance for me to you know watch her and you know, Hiroyo did great things at stardom this is just one of the many and she was such a good powerhouse to go against mayu here and really kind of throw you off the scent of oh is mayu gonna go back to back or is this haroyo's time because haroyo was legit yeah so you could have easily had haroyo win here and set up a really intriguing red belt match exactly and part of me is upset that uh haroyo didn't uh get like she doesn't get her flowers, hmm. right? And she deserves her flowers. She's still wrestling. She's still great. So yeah. maybe she doesn't need her flowers yet. But she was excellent her, in this her match. time to get the flowers have kind of come and gone. Yeah. Those lariats in this match, my mm. goodness. The back and forth was exciting. And they had a great way to finish this match with exciting teases on the outside of an elimination. Of course, uh, over the top rope was still in the finals back then. Yeah. And that's how Mayu won. She yeah. eliminated Arroyo over the top rope. This was really fun, and this kind of felt like it achieved what Queen Maya versus Mayu wanted to do. Because you had the big powerhouse versus Mayu, and that one kind of, yeah, 
I guess it did its job, but this one was an entertaining way of doing its job because Hiro Hiro took it outside, she threw her into chairs, threw her off the stage into a bevy of wrestlers, including her friend and teammate Jungle Kiana. Um, and then, yeah, like that's built up the sympathy for Mo, built up the, oh, how can she survive this? And then they told that comeback story really well. Still kept Matsumoto looking really strong, which is natural from these tournaments as they always find ways to give the the bigger wrestler kind of their props without hurting them in these losses. Um, but they just sold it really well. Uh, very entertaining match. It's definitely up there for best finals. Um, Saikam Tani versus Micah is probably up there one. as well. That's a real um, match, to be fair. Like, that's a yeah. real full-on match. I, I, I think I should say this is one... I don't want to say it's the best, like, with over-the-top rules Cinderella mm. match. Mm. Because, you know, you may prefer, like, one of the first-round matches, like we talked about last episode, yeah. Getsu Tam for so. But it should be respected in that conversation because it's really fun, it's really entertaining, and you feel that intensity of mm. it being a final. Yeah, it's a sub-15 match that's really entertaining. And sometimes that's what you want. Yeah. You know, yes, with the Cinderella tournament, you get a lot of sub-15s, but like sometimes you don't want a 40-minute epic. You just want to be entertained for 15 minutes. You can chuck this match on and be entertained for 15 minutes. It's just fun. It's a blast. It's got that kind of older stardom vibes to it. You can tell yeah. that they're, they're still not quite the polished production that they are now in the, the 2020s, um, and that, that has some charm to it. But I think my top three finals, I think this might be in it. That's a fair. Saya and Micah is definitely one. Mm. And I really like a recent Konami. I feel like that's probably the challenge. Yeah. Tony versus Maya was pretty decent, but I would probably put a recent Konami ahead of yeah. that. Yeah, and Maya lost. So. <laughs> we know that takes a couple of points off any match for you. Of course. Of course. Oh, hey. <laughs> I'm on record of that happening. <laughs> Shout out to Kyrie winning the IWGP. Breaking my yeah. heart. But uh, I'm happy about it now in retrospect. That's, mm-hmm. that's not that's not what we're talking about. So so my question for you now before we move on, obviously, to the 2022 tournament is rewatching through a one night tournament with all of the rules intact. What was your general feeling about it? It, it's one of those things like we talked about it last episode. If we could get a whole night of this live, I think it, my enjoyment levels would go up that much more because mm. when you're watching it so condensed and you know all the results and you have to click on each new video and go through the introductory video package and all of that, it does drag a bit. It does kind of get a bit, okay. And, you know, the matches that aren't as entertaining a bit more painful to go through. But the concept is there. If you were at Kurokan Hall for these shows, I think you'd be having an absolute ball because it's just go, 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 go. You get a variety of different matches, variety of different opponents. You get excitement. You're not going to get classic matches. They, they don't have the time for this, and most of the wrestlers are having to go in for two or three nights, uh, two or three matches in a night. And I feel especially bad for someone like Mayu having to warm up and cool down and warm up and cool down. That would be very cha- probably the most challenging part of this kind of night physically is being able to keep yourself physically healthy doing that kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, like it's, it's fun. I think that more than anything I can say it's a fun concept. 
Yeah, the way I look at the one night tournament, it's a very fun idea. Mm. In that, I can't tell you how I feel fully because I never got to see it live yeah. in full. If we ever did, you know, maybe, maybe I have a heavy feeling towards this as opposed to what we have now. We'll talk about that in full later. Because um, it's a great idea. It's very exciting when you watch live. For someone that's watched the recent ones live, you know, which are obviously very different, those are exciting. Yeah. So so thinking of that you're going to get a winner at the end of the night, it, it, it does change the way you look at it for sure. And I thought I thought these three matches, they, they were all to kind of – achieve something different mm. right you kind of have you have Mamora who Mayu is going to roll through you have Queen Maya who's going to give a challenge just because she's a powerhouse and then mm. you have Haroyo who is a vet is a mm. proven name and someone that could win in the finals so I think this was a great choice by us because of those three factors kind of what Mayu had to go through within a night yeah. and you can see that if you go through all the singles tournaments you can see mm. the different challenges that were had and we'll talk about why I do have a problem with the one night tournament later and it's more so down to how they ended up having to book them more than mm -hmm. anything but uh we'll save that we'll save that cuz yeah. uh, that'll be the that'll be our Big time conversation at the end of the 2022 tournament. Before we get on to 2022, Ooh, though, um, well, I, I think we have to spend just a short amount of time talking about the post match ceremony. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Because, yes. I mean, look, the Cinderella tournament part of it is, you know, the dress and the pomp and circumstance. That very different to what we're used to with Mario getting handed the dress in the ring, trying to carry it to the back ruining it as only Mayu can with a very large assist from Kyrie, um, destroying part of it, which they play off, and then coming out afterwards and, you know, making her announcement, her challenge, Kyrie coming in, making it about her for a bit, all that kind of fun stuff. But, like, Mayu in the dress is, you know, you see it between, uh, for two years, it feels a little awkward because Mayu's still a bit awkward at this stage, um, but there is a certain charm to it, and... Again, like a lot of the old stardom, there's that fun vibes where it's not fully polished. You can see the gold that's underneath, um, but the, the the charm is in the the little things that don't quite work necessarily. Yeah, it absolutely is. And I, I will say this is a good tournament to kind of gauge where Mayu was in 2016 as mm. well, um, because you kind of see you see that you know awkwardness, but you also see the greatness in that final. Yeah, you, you can see the growth over a year and this is when she's really getting the big opportunities because after winning the tournament, she challenges Io Shirai in the May Gold Show, which is one of the best matches in Stardom's history and starts the trilogy of Mayu Io matches that all kind of have a spot on the best matches in Stardom history timeline. Um, and that's that's where I think you know, Mayu had, all, had started to really announce herself as not just a fan favorite but someone the company can build around a bit but it was after these kind of matches that it was truly like okay she's she's a big deal for us for sure for sure 2022 which i think i like that we're doing 2022 not you know it being the most recent helps because i do think it is the perfect version of the extended tournament 
Yeah. As opposed to the Sai Kamatani one, as we said last episode. But it gives you a grasp on how to make a star differently, like we talked about last episode. Mm. With that one, Mayu was Mayu was she she's made, but she's not in a lot of, does that make sense? Right? She'd already she won a Cinderella tournament for one yes, thing. Yes. But she never she she didn't win the world title. Mm. The previous time, and she didn't want to hear after that one either. But it was still like, okay, she's done. She's mm. that great. For Mirai, as we talked about, this was the you're you're not only getting established in one night, you're getting made in one yeah. night, or not one night, but one term. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Um, and I in. Again, we're going to talk about that and maybe how does that help someone as opposed to not with the extension mm. because does it give them more time and give fans more time to kind of think about it? And mm. maybe that's part of the reason I think Mariah did get to the level that she did because it gave time. It gave people time to be like, all right, who's going to win this? And no one ever picked Mariah. Yeah. So when it was over, they're like, oh, god damn, she's she's the one. She's the <laughs> one. And I think we might have that feeling this year because there's no there's 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 teases, obviously, mm. as we've seen so far. And there there's events that could make sense. But we'll have to wait and see. Uh anyways, let's get to it. 2022 Tachikawa Stage Garden. I remember loving this venue because it was so different. Yeah, yeah. It was like a concert hall type thing. And the stage was on, and like everything about it was so weird. It almost felt like there should have been like a Royal Rumble or something in there. I don't know <laughs> why. Um, but this was, of course, live on pay per view. So, whole mm-hmm. first round, completely different experience from oh, yeah, the yeah. previous it's completely different, but at the same time, it feels the most Cinderella tournament y moment mm. of these new versions because it's just. Match after match after match after match, you don't get a chance to breathe, and then the night finishes. Yeah, this was a how many matches were on here? Like sixteen or something? Yeah, yeah. There's something 16, ridiculous. 10 minute matches. Yeah, uh, but well, we start with on limit matches. We, we start with Mariah's match, which was against Mina Shirakawa, and for eight minutes and twenty seconds, we had to deal with the bloody angel that was Mina Shirakawa. <laughs> Thank, no, no, no. Thank God this was it. Because this character was so horrendous. It was so bad that I remember it happening. I remember this match. And I remember what I felt like. I was like, what are they doing to Mirai? Because, like, she had to deal with this thing. The only and the only time we have uh, other saw this character was in the Tam Nakano Wonder of Stardom title match. So it's like, what what is she going for here? And ultimately, it would play to Mina's story that we are seeing unfold in real time still. But that wasn't the intention. No, be honest here. No, this is a long term booking. The, it was. I think it was the intention of Mina improving herself and getting yeah. confident with herself. I don't think it was the intention that she would go on to become the wonder of stardom freaking champion, um, which, you know, still hasn't happened yet. I could be wrong eventually, but <laughs> I don't feel wrong. And you I just do. remember, and I remember just watching this. And I was like, oh man, this match is not only bad, but it's like a tough, and, and 
and I need to I need to remind the world, I was all in on Mirai. Okay. I've been all in on Mariah. I was all in at the start, and I remember watching this. And I was like, oh, this is not going to help people get in on Mariah. <laughs> <laughs> it was bad. Yeah, look, this is like, – I was struggling between this one and the Queen Maya match in terms of worst match that we watched for this series, <laughs> and they're bad for very different reasons. Queen Maya match was just someone who doesn't necessarily have the talent to meet the expectation levels that we have. But, like, especially now in 2023, but we're recording this, you may not be listening to it in 2023. Me and Shikawa and both proven that they are good wrestlers. Yeah. You know? And this is not an example of that, either of them. The Bloody Angel character, I get what Mina's going for with this. There is potential there from the character side. It's kind of fun watching her come down to the ring with this kind of different persona. I don't think she's quite nailed it here, but, like, the concept is there. But once the bell rings, it's clear they don't really know what to do with the character. And what they went with was a slow, drag-out match, which feels so at odds with the Cinderella tournament concept, which is faster-paced and things are moving. And this match just grounds to a halt early on and doesn't really pick up until the last minute. This feels like a 12-, 13-minute match, not an 8-minute match, and it doesn't do either of them any favours. It's not what you want to do in the first match for your eventual winner. No, and I th- and I think that kind of plays also into the fact that no one thought she was going to win. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it went eight minutes and 20 seconds. It went down to the wire almost, and she won. She went. <laughs> she moved on, but oh, oh. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was not good. It was not no. good. And, Thankfully, and both wrestlers have gone on to do much better things in the ring. And she wouldn't wrestle again. Mirai until the main event of night three. Mm-hmm. So night two was only two matches, so not a big deal. But yeah. she would have wrestled to night three, and she was awaiting the winner of Saki Kashima versus Mayu Tani. Obviously, the I'm sitting, match of the tournament series. Yes, obviously, I'm sitting there all excited. Oh, we got Mayu and Mirai. It's a big day <laughs> for me. And Saki Kashima says, "No, no, 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 no. I'm going to beat Mayu in 17 seconds." Which, by the way, that was like the loudest cork and I think react. We had a cork and reaction during the COVID, no yeah, cheering era. Crowds. Maybe overall, like mm-hmm. they erupted. <laughs> that and the Lady C victory are probably the two yes. biggest. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, so Mariah goes one on one with Saki Kashima in the quarterfinals, main mm-hmm. eventing this show, and mm-hmm. maybe this is when we should have figured it out. Yeah, getting the main event like it, it made sense that she had to be towards the end because she was getting this kind of mini buy, and they um, wanted to give Saki a break. Exactly. Yeah, because she worked really hard in that 17 seconds. Um, so we, were, we went blind. We, we couldn't <laughs> see it. We couldn't see it. Yes, yes, yes. But, yeah, the fact that she's main eventing in a Kurokan Hall, um, closing it out, definitely speaks volumes to, okay, she should have been a considered contender here. She did it like, she probably main evented the rest of the Kurokan Halls from there. She did it a lot. I just remember her mm-hmm. closing out a lot of those core call shows. She did it with yeah. Suzu, of course, in the five star. There was multiple tags and stuff like that. But that's not that's besides the point. The match itself, it was pretty good, all things considered. Um, because what Saki's so good at is she's like the perfect Cinderella wrestler because mm. she's the spoiler Cinderella yes. wrestler. And the spoiler almost always makes the match better. So 
again, at this time, no one thinks Mariah's winning, so would a spoil by Saki the second time this night be the craziest thing to think? No. no. It would have been an amazing moment and would have made Saki look amazing coming out of this, you know, defeating two people in one night with these surprises and, you know, going into a semi-final would have made her look incredibly dangerous. Yeah. But Another- um, it made Mariah look good because the other thing Saki's really good at is selling like death and making it look like she's, you know, suffering in a match. And someone like Mariah, who's this stage is still trying to build up. Yeah. They're building her up. They're making it look like a threat, making it look like that kind of not quite a pint sized powerhouse in the site either form, but she doesn't have the height of your big powerhouses in stardom, but she hits and Saki made you understand this in the way she sold and bumped for Mariah here. So it was a really good job in kind of setting up with people. This is someone to fear. It is kind of funny to think about that because I think Mariah is one of the best sellers now. Yeah. Too, mm. which is kind of funny. But anyways, that brought her to the final night, which was on April 29, 2022. The Cinderella Tournament 2022 final. Very simple name, unlike the year prior. Um, and this was in Oda Ward, I believe. Yeah, correct. And this again, going with how we've seen this go, in that the final will be the semifinal match of the night, so that mm-hmm. we can see the winner in the dress at the end of the night to close out the show. The first year they ever did this was a bold move. Second year made a lot of sense. Yes, let's talk. Koguma, of course, defeated Suzuki, get to the final, which meant Mirai had to defeat Natsupoi. We talked about Natsupoi last episode and how she snuck her way in there. Um, reportedly. If, if the rumors are to be believed, um, and at the time I think a lot of people were buying that rumor, um, it definitely made this semifinal it's feel... Hard. It's hard not to buy it now. <laughs> yeah, oh, for sure. But, you know, like at the time, even people are like, yeah, okay, yeah. that kind of makes sense given Inagi's position, Natsupoi's position. But it made this match very tough to predict because Mirai was someone that, yeah, okay, by this point you're thinking she could make the final. But uh-huh. if Natsupoi had the Bushiroad backing, you could have easily seen her going on to win and, you know, maybe having, of everyone in this final four, she had the most inherent Cinderella look or aesthetic. You know, Every- if you put her on the... If you put her in the dress and then sell posters and marketing with her in it, that makes a lot of sense. Everything worked against Mirai mm. so perfectly <laughs> that it made her tournament so crazy. Because like we just said, Natsupoi had the backing. So it's like, oh, well, I mean, she could definitely win. Yeah. It'd be shocking. Um, and, you know, Mirai getting to this point felt like kind of, where her maker got to the year prior and Unagi, mm. the same thing. So it's like, yeah, she can, she can lose the, the classic she, up and comer getting a really good yeah. tournament push. Yeah. She just joined the company, all that stuff. Mm. So it, it's a good spot for her. She beats Natsupoi. Solid match. Not big, yeah. not big shock between these two. I'd love to see them go now because they're, you know, Mariah's Mariah. I love talking about Mariah now because of what she's done since this win. Hmm. Um, she is just completely transformed as a competitor um, in terms of confidence, in terms of in-ring, just overall. But 
Natsupoy has too since this point. I, 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 I mean, this is right when Natsupoy was really starting to fire on all cylinders. Yeah. First half of the year, a lot of people, us included, were saying Natsupoy was the uh, undercover MVP for stardom. Um, the and this was too. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, right. that kind of put her on the map in a lot of ways. Um, but there, this was a fun match. Like, what you get from a lot of these tournament matches are fun. They're not five-star classics. They're not going on your match of the year. But you can watch it and be like, ah, I was entertained. So when we got to the final, it's when everyone, everyone knew Mariah knew. was winning in this final. That's when everyone finally knew. 180 from what we were talking about before. Yeah. So Mariah beats Koguma. And then, again, a solid match. An odd final choice still. To It's still a very odd choice to me. I, I can't make heads or tails of it because... Hazuki versus Mirai would have had all of the tension in the world of who's winning this match. Mm-hmm. It would have been a better match. It would have showcased Mirai better. Um, and Kogama's not really smarter. in a position where she needs to be in the final outside of, oh, yeah, she made it in the very first five-star Grand Prix. That's, like, what they played to. That's Cinderella tournament, to. sorry. Because, like, if Hazuki... That's my one complaint, because, like, if Suzuki's in there, obviously it's going to be a better match anyways. Mm. But it would have just added so much more tension to it and more excitement to it. And we could talk a little bit more about this as opposed to the Hiroyo Mayu one for obvious yeah. reasons, because we're watching this live. But I think that's, like, my one complaint about this. And kind of when you do the long-term tournament. All right, Mariah won, folks. <laughs> Mariah won, <laughs> got the very nice dress, awkwardly had the do all that because obviously this wasn't like that 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 i do want to talk about like obviously yeah, we'll yeah you know, she celebrates her dress but we'll talk about that but the, the with the long extended tournament you need two people that can win in that fight yeah yeah and, and i think you can say that for any night but you especially need it for the long term mm-hmm. otherwise it feels like you built not for nothing but you lose the point. Like, Saya and Micah made sense. Yeah. A year ago, even, they had that down pat. Even though everyone knew Saya was winning. Everyone picked Saya to win. Mm, mm. Micah was still believable. Yeah. If Micah had walked out there as the Cinderella, you would have believed it. If Himika had walked out in the semifinals and won, it would have been believable. Even Anagi, Like, at that point, yeah. you could have seen them pulling She's the rising. Spirit. Yeah. yeah, like all four of those finalists made sense. Kogama definitely in that year felt like the odd person out and putting her in the final was an interesting choice. We'll just say that. It sure was. It sure was. So now let's get to the 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 crowning moment for Mariah. Yes. Mariah walks out there with the dress, the big blue, dark blue dress, you know, fitting of her own color mm. um, and, you know, she she like I said had that awkward feeling to her and this win has become the perfect story for her because now she has like one of the coolest nicknames I've ever heard, which is the yeah, Ash Covered Cinderella. Cinderella. Um I, I hope she don't get I know like because she's gonna you know we're gonna move on from it with this current tournament, mm. but it was such a good nickname. <laughs> it was such a good <laughs> nickname, and and she I think she won a lot of people over with this. I know for you, she won this. It wasn't the matches, but it was the no. awkwardness and almost 
awkwardness but confidence at the same time because a lot of her promo if you read it back or had people translate it for you on twitter at the time she was talking about how it's like you know she never really pictured herself in this spot she just wants to pretty much wrestle and become one of the best and Mm. she has a really great interview that came out after this too talking about like why she wrestles and and her favorites you know from new japan like goto and takagi you know the hard hitters like that which is very understandable when you watch her wrestle and you really get an appreciation for who mirai was yeah by the end of all this it it, it symbolized what to expect from her you know in ring, she was still finding her way, and I think these final two matches, you can see the proper prototype for what mm. we would see in the five star Grand Prix. But she was still piecing it together. You know, she'd only been in Sardom for a couple of months, and kind of, you know, not that she had to learn how to wrestle because she did learn that in TJPW, but she had to adapt to the Stardom style of things. And just the presentation, you can tell she's still not quite there yet, but there's an awkward endearingness to her in the Cinderella dress. Very much like Mayu Watani, actually. Like, mm. You can tell like the dress isn't something she would pick out yeah. for herself. That's not her style. But she's like it's, the moment matters so much to her. It's a first big win in wrestling. And... Yeah, it's kind of a chance to be the centerpiece, the star attraction, even if for just one night. And there's a real genuineness to a smile. You can see how much it means to her. And yeah, this is seeing her at this point is what won me over and made me go, I, I think I can buy into her. I, I think like the matches, you know, I warm up to them because she has a style I like. It just hadn't won me over yet. But as a character, as a person, there's something here, and it didn't take me long to uh, fully buy in on Mariah and the bandwagon. Yeah, she does have that Mayu-ism to her, for sure. And I, that's mm. probably why you and me both love her so much. <laughs> um, but, but I think she is the most interesting wrestler in stardom, because she went through the Taka Michinoku system, mm-hmm. and then the TJPW system. Mm-hmm. And then the stardom system. That is yeah. not a road that many people do, if anyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's probably why, you know, we sit here now and we say she's so good and she became so good so fast. And mm. we saw that come up more in the five star, obviously. That's where she like set herself a- away from the pack in a lot of ways. Um, but her winning this, it was, it was perfect execution of a cinderella turn Mm. even more than the previous idea of it for me because you brought someone that no one yes she had a world title match but i a lot of people didn't see her at that point yourself included Mm. this this was needed for her absolutely was needed looking back at the time a lot of people were mad a lot of people Mm. were mad that mariah Mm. won now looking back a lot of people are kind of eating it that she you know in a lot of ways because it's like no this was the right thing to do because look at her now it's yeah. it's the ultimate stardom takes chances and it works out yeah typically the five-star grand prix the, the rest of kind of needs to have already been established like that's kind of the, the the final step i think in a lot of cases but with the cinderella tournament you can take that risk a bit more um and when you get situations like mariah it pays off um, because you're right. Like you couldn't have executed her 2022 without this moment. You need that one shining moment to kind of prove she belongs in this situation that management have her back. 
And so when she gets 14 different title defences and loses every single one, it's part of the story because she's had that taste of glory but hasn't quite had the full meal yet. Um, and it was just, a, yeah, it was a great moment, capped things off. The only real complaint is, yeah, the, the finalist she was up against killed the, killed the momentum a little bit with the suspension of who's going to win. Um, but I think it achieved what it needed to. It established Mariah, and that's one thing the Cinderella tournament has been really good at doing. Everyone who's won, whether you like them or not, has gone on to be able to establish themselves and prove themselves in the stardom ring. And it was, in nearly every case, necessary that they won the Cinderella in order to do that. Exactly. I think you, I think you perfectly nailed that in that this is why the Cinderella tournament is loved by stardom fans. Not, mm. And that's where the conversation now leads us. If you're a longtime stardom fan, you love this tournament because of what it does ultimately yeah. in the end. If you're a new stardom fan, a lot of people are left asking for changes for this tournament. A lot of people are, and, and there are old stardom fans that are asking for changes of going mm. back to one night. Mm. So everyone wants changes. Let's talk about it. One night tournament, multi night tournament. Where do you where where do you lie? And and as I said earlier, it's hard for me to fully appreciate a one night when I don't get to see that and feel that experience live. Of course. But what what do you feel? I was when they first made the change, I was in the camp where like this is a good idea because we're gonna get longer matches, we're gonna get better matches. In hindsight, I think I'm in the one-night camp because, for the most part, the matches haven't changed that much. Mm -hmm. The opening night of the tournament is still just a mad dash of 10-minute, you know, you can can barely keep track of what's going on because everything goes through so quick. And then, like, you look at the times for a lot of these matches in the second and third rounds, they don't change that. Like, they're a couple of minutes longer than maybe what you'd get on a one-night tournament. So you're not necessarily getting the five-star Grand Prix caliber of matches in these second and third rounds, which would be the biggest advantage of doing multi-nights outside of a business sense of you can sell more tickets, you can put two nights on pay-per-view, you can roll in cash or roll in yen, Rossi Agawa style. The other thing to keep in mind is it's impossible to do this on one night when you're putting 30-plus people in the tournament. 14, 16 people, you can squeeze it, you can make it work, you can pull tricks like they have to make it fit within one night. But if they want to get as many people as they want to get into these tournaments, we have to accept that it's got to be multi-night. Now, could they do it maybe over two big nights? Maybe. But at that point, you're almost saying, well, why not just run it the way they are now? But there is a certain magic to the one-night concept as just... Yeah, chuck that on one night, pay-per-view, or be there in person, and there's something special about it that you won't get on any other show, any other stardom event. Now it kind of just feels like a a light version of the five-star Grand Prix. Interesting. I'm so undecided. Because... (laughs) (laughs) You're hoping I'd convince you one way or another? Yes. Because... I think 
a perfect version of the of this tournament in its current standing is everything on one night except for the semis and final. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because then you set the stage for the exciting conclusion at another pay-per-view. Mm. But at the same time, I think you got your money's worth with that pay-per-view, the original pay-per-view, yeah. because you saw probably number of upsets along the way. You saw probably a few good matches along the way. And, and this is disregarding the number. You'd have to go, you'd have to break it from 36 to probably the next layer. Yeah. That's, I think, you could do. You can't do the 36, obviously. But I think the perfect way to do this tournament now, current day, while trying to get n- more money, obviously, as you should, because that's how companies work. That's why mm. how you should book, is doing that. Because that way you can set things up, have the adrenaline of it all, and then you 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 kind of sew it up in a bow. You can have a face-off at the end of the night between the four, and that's how you close out the show. I think that would be really cool. Now I have to answer the question. though: Do I prefer the one night or the multi-night? I, I, so because the multi-night has been two very different versions. So yes. And we are going back to the current version now. Like the current version is the, probably the version that stays for good. I think what you need to do is probably extend match lengths if you're going to do it like this to 15. Mm-hmm. But then at that point, is it like the five star? Yeah. I don't think so because you have the top rope, you have the bracket part of it. It's different enough. Um, I don't think, and this is an idea that people pitch, should it go to a new Japan cup style? Then it's not the Cinderella tournament. Yeah. And I think, and I understand where people are coming from there. Cause if you're going to do multiple nights, why not just do real matches and that, and that, but then you have to extend it even more. If mm-hmm. you do that. And I don't want that to happen. I, um, I think the, the worst thing of the first year of the multi nights was the length of time between rounds. Yeah. And we you discussed that last fortnight. It was ridiculous. This year, especially, it's condensed a lot more. Now, that could be because they have to, because they have that giant show, uh, Dream Queendom, that they have to build with, and they don't want uh, the Cinderella going over that. But this is good because, like, the excitement from the first round can carry into the second and third rounds, which carries into the final. Two years ago, it was the, the craziness and excitement of the first round, and then, like, oh, right, okay. Yeah. When's it happening again? Oh, and you, you forget about it. You lose the, the momentum, which Cinderella Tournament is all about momentum because of the pace of the matches and the pace of the show. You lose that momentum, like in Mina Shirakawa versus Mirai, um, it, it just feels so much more jarring. It's like a high-speed match in second gear. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get that. Um, yeah, the one the one night is great. But it's just impossible now. Yeah. You, Cause, you'd, cause, you'd have to cut it in half. Yeah. And kind of like how I, I don't, I just don't see how you can go to one night again, like unless you cut it in half. And then how do you do that? Cause then so many people on the roster miss, let mm. alone bringing in outsiders. 
You, you'd uh, basically be doing what they used to do with King of the Ring and having the qualifying matches for the Cinderella tournament, which are essentially Cinderella tournament matches, just not and on that's the multiple show. nights. Yeah, and then it's multiple nights, but it's quite unquote not because they're qualifying. Exactly. So that kind of joke thing. One thing I think the multi nights has done really well is it makes the final feel like a really big deal because right. you get the championship matches in there as well. And it just feels like a bigger deal. So, Even ignoring the fact you had Utami versus Shuri as the, the main event for one of them. Yeah. It, it just makes these shows feel like a big deal because last year you had Himika versus Shuri and you had Azumi versus Mei Saruga, which is mm. really exciting as well as these tournament matches. Plus you give the women a chance to shower, pretty themselves up because the Mayu hair sort of, you know, <laughs> sticking out like she'd touched an electric ball um, when she had the tiara on. It feels very low-key and awkward. Mariah having the chance to have her hair done and feel like a princess, I think, goes a long way, not just for marketing and you can sell the pictures and it looks particularly special, but it goes a long way to making the winner feel like a big deal and push that person that extra step. I think because of that, I'll go with the multi-night. Yeah. Boldly. Because the semi I can understand either way. Because the semi-finals are real matches too. Yes. At that point. Because I like that the final has so much meaning to it. Right? And and Mm -hmm. when we watch Mayu and Hiroyo, it, it obviously has meaning to it. But there's just something missing. And I and I I said on this show, it's one of the best finals. Yeah, but the best one is the first time they ever did this, and winning a tournament via over the top rope is a little. I don't want to say deflating, um, but deflating. it does take away. Like in terms, <laughs> if you're building a character up, yes, it's a very awkward way to then announce them as a big deal. Right when they won that way, and then yeah. when you're going to challenge for a title, you got to do it the proper way. Exactly, I think. Yeah, I think for me, I I think a star is more made with the multi night. Mm. I would still change the way they do it. There's a, there's a perfect medium somewhere in between all this, and I do like my idea, but it's hard. It's hard no matter what. So. Yeah. You, you you have to get crafty. And the reason, now I'll say the reason why I think I'm siding with the two night or multi-nights is that on the lone nights, they had to pretty much avoid entire rounds. Yeah. To make it every, every year there was some kind of trickery with double draws and stuff, which led to people advancing ahead around. I mean, they still kind of do that with people getting free passes to the second round, but it's a little bit different. Um, and I do kind of like that they make it feel completely random as opposed to New Japan with their only champions advance automatically, but the champions they pick are kind of weird choices. You know, the British champion advances, but not the king of pro wrestling champion. Whatever. Um, (laughs) Yeah, Cinderella tournament really does feel like you've been put in a lottery and all these really exciting first-round matches are quote-unquote coincidence and not master plan. Yeah, and my last thing before we kind of complete this here is the uh, the idea of like a New Japan Cup style version of this 
it makes sense if they want to absolutely extend this mm. to the point that New Japan does, but you can't do it because New Japan's running weekdays to do it. New Japan's yeah. running to get it all in within three weeks, and that's a wear on the body. Mm. You, you know, we watched Will Ospreay get hurt, out, gone. See you yeah. later. So it's like I don't think it's worth that. Yeah, especially because the, the other thing now is Stardom are doing tournaments every season, and we literally just came out of the art the artists of Stardom tournament or the triangle derby i should say to then go into another extended tournament even though it's a different setup it would feel like a bit of a drain this having the different format it does change things it makes it a little bit more exciting and different so um i i i get you're not going to get five star grand prix caliber matches out of the cinderella tournament for the most part okay we get 157 yeah, five star Grand Prix matches to enjoy. <laughs> this is a different flavor of ice cream. It's not to everyone's tastes, but there is a lot to enjoy from it as long as you're going in expecting Cinderella tournament style matches. Yeah, yeah I don't want them to completely transform to Cinderella. Then it's not Cinderella. But and... it's an interesting discussion and comparison. This is why we picked a uh, one night show and a multi night show to compare because. The matches had different vibes, even though in many ways you can tell they're both part of the same overall tournament concept. Yeah, if you watch them like we did, you know. Uh, yes. Yeah. But yeah, that's that. That's all. That's all for the Cinderella tournament. Mm. Um, hope we uh, gave you a little, little, little something to think about with this episode. Uh, as you know, we're in the middle of the twenty twenty three tournament here. Um, next episode, we'll be back. With a Jamaica specific episode, mm-hmm. we were originally going to do big shows. We were going to talk about big shows because the biggest shows, actually, specifically, because All Star Grand Queendom, of course, is the big celebration coming up. That is mm-hmm. the big time show. You know, people say it might be the biggest in stardom history. So we were going to go back, maybe check out the biggest ones, you know, mm-hmm. like a, uh, like, you know, Izuki Kawa's retirement and All Star um, Dream, Dream Cinderella. Cinderella, and uh, even Historic Crossover, I think, was going to yeah. be worth talking about. But then Hameka decided to retire. So <laughs> I thought there would be no better time than to give her a one episode thing. Trent made a good point. Like, it's hard to extend that because her mm-hmm. career started wasn't long. Yeah. But it has enough moments, has enough matches. We'll put it all into one. We'll celebrate the career of Mika as she wraps up, kind of, at All-Star Grand Queen, but not really. Wraps up, but doesn't wrap up. <laughs> yeah, because nothing's sacred anymore. Uh, the um, ultimate Joshi Kani, Himika. Yeah, Trent, hit him with the uh, ats and stuff. Before yeah, we, um, yeah, at One Up Culture. Uh, who knows what I've got released right now because life is very confusing at the best of times. But I'm sure there's something. I'm probably rambling about the Cinderella tournament. How about all my favourites got eliminated in the first round? So be sure to commiserate com- commiserate me there. Um, and if I've got something released, sweet. You can find stuff from wrestling, find stuff on Monthly Pro Wrestling. You can get another podcast featuring both of us and Ryan, the Ocean Cyclone suit show on um, the wrestling uh, wrestle in podcast. I'm all over the shop here. Um, yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> stop now before I just weekend. plug something that isn't mine. Drop this past weekend, so yes, go yes. check that out. Um, 
for me at Scotty Wrestling on Twitter. As I always say on my shows, if you're following me by now, the hell are you doing? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Because I, I, I know this show is more of a long-term show. You may be coming to this way down the line. You know, maybe you want to learn about the history of Stardom. So we thank you for that. Mm. Um, at the time, if you want to go check out my interview with Aki Asakawa, former Wonder of Stardom champion Aki Asakawa, that probably dropped last week. <laughs> if it didn't, it dropped a little earlier, but you know, she's a big deal. She's pretty cool. And that's someone we'll definitely give more time to on this show moving forward. Yes, we will for the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. We'll, uh, we'll hit that, but all right. Thanks everyone. Thank you for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with the Jamaica episode. Um, and so until then, have a good one. This has been a Countout Podcast. Hi, guys. This is Lauren. This is Michael. And this is Your Dose of Death Podcast. If you're genuinely curious about the world of deathmatch wrestling, look no further as me and Mike have you covered on all things in the world of deathmatch wrestling, whether it's interviews, show reviews, or everything in between. We have you covered on all things deathmatch wrestling, whether it's past, present or future and you're probably wondering where you can go support us you can find your dose of death podcast on all major podcast platforms especially along with the count out network of podcasts and also you can support us on the count out patreon as we have exclusive content only on the patreon for all of our listeners we hope that you go listen to your dose of death podcast very soon and see you at the show